Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Do You Say Anime? I am your host, Peter. On today's episode, the gang and I will be reviewing the 2010 Madhouse. Not original, even though I thought it was going into it. The Tatami Galaxy. Join me today. First, we have Johnny himself. Johnny. Everything's okay, Johnny? How's it going, baby? Uh, yeah, it's going great. I'm glad that there's a character also named Johnny in this show. Uh, <laughs> what his role is, we're not going to talk about that until later, but just so you know, there's a character called Johnny. So, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, our first moderator tonight, we have Miles. Miles, how's it going today? For some reason, this intro feels like I just walked into another four and a half to Tommy room. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure exactly why, but I'm getting a serious <laughs> sense of deja vu. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Hey, hey Miles, can you check your Venmo? Because you have a request for 2,000 yen. <laughs> I will. I will check that. And our other moderator of the night, we have the starting point guard from the San Antonio Spurs, Mr. Patty Mills himself. Patty, how's it going? <laughs> great. Great. I got to take a uh, a break from uh, dribbling balls, and uh, instead now I'm here watching uh, Tatami Galaxy and Live streaming on Twitch, so let's do it. Let's uh, let's kick some ass and, and have some fun. Oh, sorry, not supposed to swear in the first few minutes. My bad. Whatever. What we'll um, that one slide? C- come on, cat. Come on, cat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> throw back, Missy Cat, if you're listening. Um, all right, but yeah, so we're doing Tatami Galaxy today. So it's Studio Madhouse production from 2010. Which yes, holy shit, we're old. We're getting old. Ten years ago, or eleven years ago, now over a decade since the show came out. So we're going back in time a little bit. Uh, it has a very art housey feel to it. I gotta say, from uh, you can tell that just from looking at the cover art. But what, once you watch that first episode, you really feel that way as well. Um, uh, we're gonna do our usual first impressions. So what we thought about the show, what we knew about it going in, spoiler free as well. So don't worry about getting spoiled if you haven't watched it yet. Miles, why don't you kick us off? Yeah. So. Um, the thing that I first noticed about the show was like the pace of the dialogue. Um, I really like frantic dialogue, but it, it was sort of hard for me to follow uh, in with the subtitles. Uh, there's a scene in Goodfellas uh, where he's driving back and forth t- from various locations trying to transport cocaine. Um, and the narration for the entire show is like super slow. And then all of a sudden, because of all the cocaine, it's like really <laughs> like frantic and fast paced and stuff. And I just like love how that can work. Um, so I was a little torn between my desire to be able to read all of the words, but also my love for that sort of thing. Uh, however, by the end of the first episode with the event that happens there, and we'll get into that more when we're doing spoilers, I knew that it was like a good directional decision. And I was like really excited to see where I was going. Um, so I would recommend uh, this show for sure to people. All right. Perfect. Uh, I definitely agree. The, uh, the first episode um... It, it you you can't like be looking at your phone going down and up while you're watching it like you can with other shows because you had to really be following along and not that you should with the show like this though either because like every line of dialogue uh, I think we'll we'll make plenty of Bakamonogatari comparisons later on uh, in the episode but uh, you every line of dialogue has meaning or has purpose there, there's no wasted time in this show which is uh pretty damn cool I think uh but so next up is Johnny Johnny what do you think about this and what would you recommend it as well. Yeah, so I definitely get the Monogatari vibes. It's like the art style, while it is a bit different, it does certainly have some of those Monogatari vibes because, like, from the first season on, they have like some of those like real life shots with like actual pictures from like the 3D world, not the 2D anime world. And uh, 
Yeah, I see what Miles says about the dialogue as well. It's very fast paced. Like, it's very important. It describes a plot a lot. Like, I think the, I think the voice acting in this show is pretty damn good. Like, the main character's voice is really funny and always, always makes me laugh. But so yeah, in terms of if I would recommend this show, it's like, it's hard to recommend something like this because most people will just think like, what, what the hell is this like? So in terms of that, I would say like you would have to recommend this to someone who already knows anime and like enjoys this kind of thing, not to someone who just like hasn't watched anime. Yeah, you definitely can't recommend this to someone who's never seen the anime before. I don't think that that would be smart. Uh, and, and even then, though, I think that this is a very has a very niche uh, interest pool. I guess I don't know we talked about it before in a uh, previous instance of this very same podcast that it's a very like similar to Perfect Blue, right? Where it's like. Uh, it's got that Satoshi Kon feel, which maybe that's just because it's done by by Madhouse, which I'm 90% sure did did all the Satoshi Kon movies. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong now. You are but, correct. Uh, thank you. I thought I, I knew I was correct, but I didn't. You know that feeling sometimes where you're just like, God. Um, but like, yeah, you can't, you really have to be ready to focus and, and examine this show rather than just sitting back and watching it like you're, you know, just eating popcorn, watching it to watch it. I feel like that... Uh, that's a very good point as well, Johnny. So good, uh, good on bringing that up. Uh, and you said you did recommend it in general, uh, to but not but not specifically to. Yeah, it's like you have you have to find the right people to recommend this to. You that, wouldn't just I think recommend that this sense. to all your friends. Correct. All right, Pete. What about you? What have you got? So I've known about the show for a while. I was actually watching this show, um, a few months back, and then Miles, I believe, nominated it like four months ago and i was like oh there's yeah. a good chance that we're going to like have this for watch club so i actually stopped watching it back then um going into it i knew that uh yuasa the director who now does like all of science saru stuff i knew that he was the director he's top two maybe directors in anime for me i absolutely love him i knew going into it that i was going to be blown away by like the animation the direction how they're going to handle certain things i was really impressed by their adaption of incorporating like real life shots into it i think that's another like uh monogatari reference we're going to be talking about just the i if you're like a fan of like the i'll just say like the non-shonen stuff like if you care about plot and like characters and direction and animation everything i absolutely recommend the show this was a fantastic watch and i thoroughly enjoyed it Fair enough. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to echo a lot of the same points that have been made so far. Like, I already kind of gave my opinion on the show, mixed with everyone else as well. But uh, I really liked uh, the dialogue in the show. I think every line is important, and I really like that about it. Uh, the art, while it is stylistic, is not my favorite part of the show, and we can get into that later a little bit more. It's not your usual anime look, which isn't necessarily why I didn't like it, but it definitely wasn't... Um, I don't know, it just, it, like, it, it distracted me while I was watching it. Maybe I'm just too used to the norm, I don't know. Um, and it's not just like, oh, because it's older, it looks different. It's because it oh, was specifically it's, yeah, it's... stylized to be different. Just like a previous Watch Club show, Ping Pong the Animation, uh, show done by the same director as well. Yeah. Uh, Similar to Devil May Cry Baby as well. Just that anything as well. this Science Saru does, really, it just mm -hmm. ends up sort of looking like this. Yep, uh, and uh, Japan Sinks. I didn't even realize he did Japan Sinks. I wonder. He did. Uh, that's that's not a good thing though, from what I've heard. So, uh, can't, but uh, can't win them all. Can't. I mean, no, you like, can't. They all have similar art styles, so yeah, it makes sense. That does make sense. Um, but yeah, so I uh, I would recommend this show to people who 
like art house shows like this, I would recommend it to Miles if he hadn't already watched it and recommended it to us as well for this episode. Um, but I would not recommend it to Johnny if that makes sense. If you guys can, if you guys have been following this, uh, our watch club for long enough, I, th- I hope you can understand that analogy. But yeah, and honestly, I wouldn't recommend it to myself either. I don't know. Really I love shit taste. No, no, it means that you're not into stuff that's necessarily incredibly provocative and very like reflective of like your own life's experiences you're also not as old as some of us you know where where we can reflect on stuff that's shown in the show and then be like oh that that happened in my life or that that's similar to a situation or emotions that i felt in this situation I, that that was my personal opinion I, again if you if you disagree we can talk about that later well, just yeah. in college in general which the whole show like, like is wrapped around like right three of the four of us have gone to college Right. The one who has it maybe won't like resonate with some of the things that happen. So right, right, yes, yeah, so kind of what a Pat better, is saying. Yeah, that's my, a better way to phrase it than I did. But um, but yeah, again, Fair it's enough. I think it's a good show, but it wasn't my favorite. I enjoyed watching it though overall, so I would recommend watching it if you are any have any interest in this specific director. If you like Madhouse works, um, and and yeah, I don't know, I. Uh, and if you trust our opinions on it as well, as we're going to get into. But yeah, so Miles, do you have any uh, specific talking points that you'd like to get into now that we are going into the spoiler section as well of the podcast? So please be warned. Pause this if you have to. We are going into spoilers for the Tatami Galaxy. Yeah, it's only 11 episodes, so you can save yourself 20 minutes and just finish it. Um, yeah. <laughs> as far as, like, I think that we should do, like, a quick plot overview. Um so before we, you know, really get into talking about like what happened and how it was portrayed and like all of that. So um, our main character's name is, I guess, Watashi or protagonist. You know, it just sort of depends. Um, he's sort of unnamed, but he refers to himself as Watashi. So which is like me in Japanese. Correct. Um, so uh, he goes to college and he's trying to have like a, I think he says like his rose colored college life or something like that is the phrase used. Um, rosy campus life is what it is. And, um, so he, uh, you know, you see him like go through some stuff in the first episode and he's sort of bitter, uh, about like other couples and stuff and you see he has this friend he doesn't really like named Ozu and they they work on like sort of ruining like other couples fun and stuff and they get get into a bunch of trouble together and at the end as he's being thrown off of a bridge um he thinks to himself like I would love to be able to like go back 2 years ago because if I had like chosen x or y differently like surely I would like achieve my you know rosy campus life um we get a cool clock um spinning backwards animation uh we go into the ed which spoils the entire show if you know what you're looking at yeah yes it does it absolutely (laughs) does yeah so (laughs) and then at the start of the next episode um it's back at the beginning of his freshman year and he picks a different like club to be in um and then we go into the op which spoils the entire show if you know what it's doing. Um, So the um, subsequent episodes are pretty much all iterations on that, where he'll do part of, you know, his life, something will happen. He won't be satisfied with it. He'll go back in time in order to like do some things differently. And 
there's like some awareness of it, but for the most part, he isn't aware of these lives he's living. Um, so that's like, I guess the general plot. Um, the, um, like, how do we want to break this down? It's sort of weird because it's like not particularly linear. Um, like, do I, we want, I think we should maybe talk about like why he's going back in time specifically because yeah. of, like, it was a whole like God of like matchmaking and all that stuff. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's what he, he views him as. So he has a, like a senpai. It's like an eighth year super senior. Um, eighth year. Which yeah. So he, he, he's been in school for four extra years. Eight There's years part, in college sounds like yeah. hell. I'm going to yeah. be honest. <laughs> he, like, he talks about meeting someone up. He's like, oh, I met someone from my class. They're like, well, surely they're a doctoral student by now. And I thought that was super funny. Um, but so that, is, that guy's name is Citaro. Uh, um and so he is like portrayed as a god but he's not actually a god he is just someone that our main character admires and like looks up to and so a neat thing about the show and i guess this is a time to get into it when we're talking about this is that the characters appearances are very much colored by how uh watashi views them so you know sitaro kind of looks like you know, one of those like gods or noblemen or something from those old time like yeah. Japanese artworks. He has like this big chin. He's always doing all of this like wise stuff and everything. And it's just because he's like an upperclassman that he like seeks wisdom from. And like a couple of the students seek wisdom from. Um and you see like a similar effect with like Ozu, who is his like I guess nemesis sort of person. Um where he looks super gremlin-y and at the end you figure out like that's not at all what he looks like that's just how we were viewing him because right. we were seeing the world through our protagonist's lens um so because he is unsatisfied um with his decisions um and he is looking to improve his campus life he wants to find like the perfect you know 3 year span for his college, um, he gets sent back in time in order to make other decisions. There are lots of moments where he sort of blames other people that aren't him or decisions that were made, you know, for his unhappiness. Um, And I think that, you know, one of these, one of the messages of the show is that like, you are very responsible for your own happiness. And like a thing we see is that, while some things change as we go forward and he goes through these different scenarios, he generally ends up at the same spot and is generally unhappy with where he is because he isn't, I guess, <laughs> grasping the message that's in front of him as the fortune teller says. Um, so yeah, I guess like that, that's like the, like why he's going back in time. It's due to his own dissatisfaction and his desire to, um, find like a perfect scenario to be in like a perfect life um sort of thing he wants to find you know he wants to have a great three years he wants to find a hot raven-haired maiden to to date you know there's there's sort of all of that um so i think that do we just like explain the ending and then tackle parts of it or do we just like go with the episodes with how we saw them what do you guys think because that's sort of a that's a it's great sort of, question. It's yeah, hard this because is a, this literally is a hard show they, to talk about. They all they all 
happen at the same. Okay, I, I'm going to just make an executive decision here. We're going right. to we're going to spoil the ending here. So um, get ready for that, and then we're going to talk about I think how the different episodes maybe represent that or add into what the reveal would be like later as you're watching it. Sounds good. So um, in episode ten and eleven, um, it sort of comes together what's happening. Um, I guess like in his mind or in reality or however. So episode 10, he wakes up in his room, which is a four and a half tatamis room. If you don't know what that means, that means that the room is essentially big enough for four and a half tatamis, which are like sleeping bags or something. They're like rollout beds that they use in Japan. Um, So it's a relatively small room. Um, And when he tries to leave his room, there's another room another four and a half the tommy room and no matter where he goes if he breaks down the walls if he jumps through the windows there's just more of these rooms it's like a tatami galaxy um they're Wait, just sort of what? whoa oh, um, blow my mind right now bro yeah so they're, they're just where's, where's your like... wild sound effect pete oh <laughs> yeah hold you on. got one sorry give johnny the soundboard um, yeah exactly so what happens then is that like he goes through um, like sort of like, I don't know, different phases of like acceptance and denial and all these things about the situation he's in. At first he, he's very happy to be secluded in this room. Like he, he feels safe and secure there. He doesn't have to deal with any of these issues that he has. Um, But as the months go on, he feels a desire to um, get out of this and he's just unable to. Um, and he's stuck in there so long, you see that he has, like, a beard and stuff now. Um, he starts doing things that are nonsensical for the situation he's in, like collecting money, um, because he can't use it. Uh, he's, he is stuck in this room. Eventually, he comes to realize that each of these rooms are, um, I guess, like, lives he could have lived. Um you know, if oh, he I thought made... they were the lives that he did live, like in the previous he, he... episode. No, they're like alternate timelines. Yeah, so they are that, but they're but what it is is it's like, hmm, I, I don't know how to say. I, I, so I guess like, I can't like... tell if he did live them or if he could have lived them. I and thought he was there was like a... in the gaps. I thought there was like a reference to like a previous episode and one. There, of there's them. Tons, there, there is, that, there that's is. what they are, right? So like, yeah. for example, he sees one of the rooms has the sex doll in it. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. And one of the rooms he has the. Oh, and uh, by the, the way, secret... she has a name. It's Kaori. My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, what a quiet, raven-haired maiden she is. She um, really is. And so one of the rooms he has, like the secret <laughs> society. Um, dude, you're gonna best girl a fucking inanimate you're damn, doll. And... You're damn right. I'm going to. <laughs> okay, well we'll get to that later. Because because I, I think that she's like actually a very interesting character as far as what she like symbolizes and stuff. It's like she's the best character. Um, so, oh my <laughs> oh god. Um, oh so my god. Really? <laughs> they're representative of like these lives he could have lived, at least in his consciousness. Like yep. he might have actually lived those. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um. But he's now aware of the circumstances that these lives would have could have lived. And what he realizes is that, like, while there was, like, trouble in these lives, that ultimately uh, they were good. And that, you know, the guy who was living in that room, in that four and a half to Tommy room, had a lot to be happy about. 
and thankful for. And, you know, it wasn't the perfect rosy college life, but it was great, you know? Um, so he's able to use that. He goes back to like his primary timeline, I guess the first one from episode one, which is a little bit why I think that like a lot of that was just him putting it together in his head, like what these lives would have been like. Um, but anyway, he goes, um, he saves Ozu. He realizes this entire time that like Ozu was actually his really good friend. Um, and that he wasn't this creepy yokai, like he was saying he was and that that was just his own bitterness and I guess like sort of selfishness or whatever that was like making him view him that way and that Ozu had been there for him. And that'll be an interesting thing to talk about because Ozu is betrayed in quite a few different ways. Um, but like when you actually pay attention to the interactions, they're always generally very positive with our narrator. Um, he also then gets the ability to ask out Akashi to a uh, to the ramen place he loves um, that was sort of like a, a goal he had been trying to do since literally the beginning of the show. Um, and, you know, they end up happily ever after because, as the show says, there's nothing more boring than a love story where everything goes right. Um, so that's what happens. Now, how did we get there? <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, let's quit Tarantino this yeah Jesus Christ this yeah. is a hard show to talk about um so we see him go through these different scenarios and in the scenarios there's actually like a lot of foreshadowing and hints and things about what's actually happening in fact it literally tells us what's happening um at multiple points not just the OP and the ED which show someone going through endless tatami rooms um but like in episode two um, there's movies that he was making. So he was in the movie club. He liked making these like art, you know, sort of like avant-garde films and stuff, but the movie club didn't like that. They had this other eighth year senior that they, they liked to like, you know, sort of like Hollywood action film, sort of superhero type of things. Um, he also owned and, a sex doll. And he also owned a sex doll. Kaori. Um, and he owned Kaori. He does have a name. Let's I am like also eight percent sure that he <laughs> never did anything sexual with Kaori. She works very um, hard. He didn't own her. He didn't own her. He was in a relationship with her. That, that's the real way to play. Um, so the three movies that he well, there's four movies that our narrator pitches, and the first one is a uh, a series of old men who are in a feud with each other um, for a lost reason, and they then pass the feud down. Um, to the next generation, which is what happens in episode three. And then the second movie is about a man who has to decide between three women, um, but he's unable to in the hijinks that ensue. That is episodes, what, like seven, six, seven, and eight, six, six, seven, and eight. Yeah. Six, seven, um, and eight. And then the third movie is um, about a man who is stuck in an infinite amount of four and a half to Tommy rooms and has to travel through them in order to discover the meaning of his life. Um, so that was a little on the nose, but we didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Um, the movie that he's currently trying to make uh, is a movie about true love, but he is unable to end it because he can't think of a satisfying ending. But as we know, there is nothing more boring than the end of a love story that uh, ends happily. So perhaps that's why he couldn't think of a satisfying ending that wasn't boring uh, because his love story ends up happily. Um, so I want to talk about like, I think that episode two does a very good job of showing us 
the perspective that we see the narrator like through his eyes and um what's the guy like josaki josuke josuke is that how you pronounce it okay no, um, it's, 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 Joe, 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 he's making Joe, a Jojo joke. It's uh, okay, a yeah, Joe, Joe Goski. Yeah, yeah, Joe Goski. So, anyways, uh, Mr. McChad. Um, so our our narrator does not like him in this particular timeline because he's like sort of jealous of his success in the movie club, and he thinks his ideas are better. And you know, he's also kind of a dick to him. Um, like the guy is sort of a dick to our MC. But I think the perspective that we can see. And I only saw this upon like rewatching was like, there is a scene where he is really drunk. Joe Gosky is Joe, Joe Gosaki or whatever. Just call him um, Chad. It'll be way. Yeah, so, so, so Chad is really drunk. And, um, but the way that our MC views it is like him being carried on. Um, what are those things called? Like, all oh, like people... the Roman, like, yeah. They carry where out, they like, like carry you. Yeah. What's that called? Um, uh, Ask yeah. a history major. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a rickshaw. It's a rickshaw without wheels. I, you know, we're on a rickshaw without wheels, and um, <laughs> Xerxes is on one in three hundred. Um, and so like that's how he's viewing him as like this king who's being propped up by all these little people. And then when you zoom out of his perspective, it's his two friends helping him like stumble around because he's so fucking drunk. So it's literally just his friends being good friends, but mm. our narrator is like so bitter about his own life that he views someone else having good friends is like being this pompous tyrant sort of deal. Um, yeah, you know. Sorry, I didn't know uh, what the name was. That's uh, okay. As, it, as it's not important. Major, I'm it's called sure a, a, sure a litter. Doesn't care. L i t t e r. You know, those are those are so common in. American history, as you know. So I definitely should have had that one uh had that one down. That's my fault. But that is a very good point that uh his it, it, it's weird because like in a most anime you see it. Oh, so we have two different names now. We have hey, I looked up litter and it popped up, so it's a palaquin. Anyway, right, let's go. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the three um it's cool. because uh, I think I think what this or so like he talked about how we, from his perspective he's so bitter that he sees it as one way when in reality it's a different way or mm-hmm. um this anime is pretty much mostly done from first per- from first person right so it's yes. it's uh i think that that's a, a very different thing than from most other anime where you you know if you have one scene shown in like a first person like a person looking around it's it's very very out of place or it's not normal so i think that's what this anime does extremely well for me for me is that it does this first person so you it it feels so unique and so different from other anime because of it and uh that's what i really liked about it that's the part of the the uniqueness of the show that i really liked is that it it gave a whole different perspective to scenes because yeah the way you feel about something is going to influence how you uh perceive it it it, it always will it, it, and that's that, that's how life is and i obviously in this show it's a little exaggerated but a lot you know like with a one guy literally looking like a yokai or the like you said the wise man having the, the gigantic chin and looking wise to to the um to watashi but they i think that that's part of the storytelling and that's part of what makes this show really really cool 
it reminds me of like you know you have that one person that you like hate and even if no matter what they say it could they just say hi and you hate them for saying hi that's like kind of like the perspective of like how he views chad in like the earlier episodes it's like oh this dude's getting helped by his friends because he's drunk what a douchebag and just like i love that because like there's definitely that one person in your life where you just like cannot stand no matter what they do they could be helping an old lady cross the street you'd be like that dude's just doing it for clout you yep. know he's doing it for clout he wants us to see it yeah 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 that's just what it reminded me of break it, i don't trust anyone with that face let's be honest like. <laughs> yeah um but you like see that and how like how tilted the perspective is because all that guy does in reality is not accept his like pitches and his like kind of mean about it but not even that mean he was basically just like in order to get things accepted you need to like sell out a little bit like you know like your ideas are kind of like watching yourself masturbate um as i believe yeah. what he says yeah that, that is and, what he said to and, be fair, he makes a good point yeah and like you know they kind of are and if you um, haven't done it yet you should try it yeah um oh, and, yourself masturbating? what he does is sneak yes. into his house and like reveal all this shit about it. it is completely ruined the guy's movie and he didn't even do anything but like when you're watching it from our protagonist's perspective it seems like like a justifiable thing um you know and so like i don't know i thought that was really neat does anyone like anyone have any examples from that arc any other arcs that they thought like added to I guess, like, the story at the end or the message that it's, like, trying to tell or anything like that. Hmm. From a specific arc. I don't know if I have one that, like, adds to... There's, like, multiple scenes where, like, I love them individually. I don't know if they, like, portray to, like, the entire, like, whole of a story. I guess it makes sense because, like, I guess one of my favorite scenes is episode 7 where it's the beginning and he's stuck in the bathroom and he has this choice of going to see the girl he's been writing letters with the girls who he's currently at apartment and like essentially sleeping with her or going to see Kaori the sex doll. And his <laughs> option was, I need to go see Kaori right now. And I just like that little scene. I like I like paused because I was gut laughing so hard. I mean, can and, you blame the man? Like, Kaori is a wonderful woman. <laughs> and it also has my like second favorite scene of the entire show. At the end of it, um, Chad gets Kaori back. He's like, like, what is wrong with you? Like, what are you doing to Kaori? Like, as he's like embracing this sex doll, looking down on this other guy who kidnapped a sex doll, and like that's. Uh -huh. That's the that's the plot for episode seven is falling in love with a sex doll and kidnapping her because you love her and then and, and having also, that love taken he, back. He literally also just has a wall of boobs in his apartment. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He's a he's a he's a Chad. He's he's the Chad of Chads. So like, I what I think is really interesting about that entire arc, like I love six, seven, and eight, but it's just like what each of the women represent from like, uh a life path decision, right? Like you have, you know, the, the version that is not taking a risk at all. And that is Kaori, right? Yep. Like 
Dude, he did take a risk. He got dude, fucking punched yeah. by, like, like by romantically Chad. though. Right? Romantically, because she's like passive. Like, she's, not, and... she's not gonna turn him down. She, she can't. She, she won't can't turn, turn him turn down. down. She is yeah. whatever. Like he is her voice, right? Like she is. Like she literally speaks. Like I think with his voice, correct. Um, and like the high pitched voice, like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh. I'm gonna just see if they have the same voice actor real quick. No, no, no. Um, yeah, he, the, the voice actor for for Kaori is literally the main character's voice actor. Yeah, it's Hitachi. Okay. Yeah. So, so like that is like really into like you know what it, would his life be like if he like ran away from taking a risk and stuff and then you know the other one is like is he willing to like pursue this like romantic interest he has, even if it means like admitting to himself that he's not as good as he wants to be, you know? So like having to like overcome, you know, your own expectations and the things you've done wrong or whatever is there. And then there's, um, you know, like the, the dentist girl, um, which I thought was like really interesting because I think his interaction with Ozu at the end of episode six is like, a super big tell that Ozu is like a good guy um, because he's there um, and he talks, you know, about his interactions with uh, what's her name? Um, Hanuki. Um, or I'll just kind of call her Ryoko. Ryoko. The um, dental hygienist. Yeah. Because um, he's like, you know, Oh, she like gets like that. Like, you know, you know, you didn't do anything. Did you like, he was worried about her because he knew her and he was like friends with her and stuff. And that to me, like sort of shows that like, he's probably not this guy that he's being portrayed as. Um, and so I thought that was neat. I also really liked the whole dynamic between um, Watashi's libido and like his actions and his like, like the fighting for sanity. Cause like he knew it was absolutely not right to sleep with her. Um, from like a, you know, I don't know, like I guess like moral perspective. Moral. Yeah, because, moral. Yeah. Moral's a really good word to use for that situation. <laughs> um, and you know, but he was still bummed because he'd been like, you know, he he likes her a lot, and he was like, you know, trying to get with her, and so that whole like conflict or whatever. But like the like the sad resignation uh, from Johnny, where he's like, I understand, Hello. I'm I'm gonna go back to my pen. Like I under like this isn't my time. I get that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I thought that was like really interesting. I also thought the obsession with, uh, Kaori's like purity was interesting. And I don't know if that like, like why exactly that was there. Like if that was some sort of commentary on like not stooping so low as to fuck this sex doll and just like not do that to yourself. Um, like not be the type of person who, who does that. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really liked it from like that sort of a perspective, though. I did think the whole situation was hilarious in episode seven. Like just like he's pedaling in the rain. Like he's like trying to like escape with her from like Nazi Germany or something. Yeah, it's like, and... uh, oh, <laughs> did you guys catch why he had to bring him over to the main character's house? Um, yeah. Well, it's because I thought it was because like, um, he was gonna. Why was it, Johnny? It was because of the proxy war that was going on. Because like, yes, it it wasn't mentioned in this particular timeline, but it's implied that every single timeline, this is also like all happening. 
So I basically like Chad and like the master. What was his name again? Uh, Yosuke, right? Oh no, that's Chad. Um, that's the Chad. You can just say Satoru. Satoru. Yeah. They say Tara. Yeah, like they have like this war. I forgot the reason why they started the war, but like they basically like have war of like doing small pranks to each other. So basically, Chad had brought in, had I brought Kaori over so that she couldn't like, they couldn't do shit yeah. to her. I, the implication is that it's a war over Ryoko. Um, the reason I think that is um, one, we know that they're both in some prospects interested in her. Um, one, because she ends up traveling the world with Sichiro uh, at the end. Um, but then we see that uh, Chad is like on the date with her, kind of, um, at one point. Yeah, with like, Tashi Cockblocks him. Yeah, with Tashi Cockblocks him. But well, she that... said they were just friends. Well, but, yeah. But, yeah, a know. lot of girls start out that way. <laughs> you're, you're just friends until you're not just friends. Exactly. Um, there you go. And you got to hang out with them in order to get there. So... Um, but the way that it starts, according to the movie that it references it in episode two, is that they partake in a drinking contest to prove their worth to a girl. And that is how um, Watashi and um, Joasuke like, fight each other in order to hang out um, with Ryoko. So like, I think that it was probably something like that. We know she likes to drink. We know that she was, like, impressed generally by, like, it's, like, a very college thing, right? Like, wow, like, you can drink a bunch. That's, like, really cool and not a sign that your life has probably gone downhill yet because you're, like, Wait, 22. that's a whoa, sign whoa, that whoa. my life's going downhill? Yeah, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I have no limit. Yo, uh, yeah, I'm having so, an existential crisis right now, my man. Yeah, well, Pat Pat just graduated, so he has an excuse. But, Pete, what's yours? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, you I'm 30 and I'm doing an anime podcast. <laughs> That's Fair enough. You I guess I should start drink. drinking more. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, there's also like in that proxy war, like he finds the bag of cash that he left himself um, from traveling the tatami rooms, yep, yep. which is interesting in like episode like four, I think, um, which is the proxy war episode. Um, he uses so that, it to buy like a toilet brush or something. He yeah, he used it to buy like a cleaning brush for the proxy war. Um, oops, sorry. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I thought that was neat. I I think that there's like just sort of a lot of things that sort of hint towards the message. Um, you know, other than like the fortune teller just being like, if you keep doing this, your life will never change. You have to like do the thing in order to figure it out. Um. But, like, she's the one who's sending him back in time. You can tell because she remembers and she charges him more money each time he gets advice from her. Uh, in the last episode, you see her turning back the clock, like, in the clock tower. Um, her, like, silhouette or whatever. Um, so, I don't know. Um, did anyone else have, like, what was, like, everyone's, like, favorite arc? What do they like about it? Like? Uh, my favorite arc was uh, definitely the... Uh... Had, what were the numbers? I, I six, seven, and eight. Six, seven, eight. Thank you. Six, seven, yeah, eight. Six, yeah, six, seven, and eight. Uh, that was my favorite arc, partly because uh, my favorite girl Ryuku was in there. I, I can just spoil it now because we're gonna talk about it in like 10, 15 minutes, anyways. Um, I, I just, uh, I found her, her, her dynamic with Watashi most interesting, and of course, that's kind of like the point is, I feel like, is that again, it's how he perceives her, which is as this, you know, this, this woman who drinks a lot, but is also very flirty and. 
maybe that's just how he perceives it versus what's reality. You know, there's a little bit of a, a blurred, uh, well, blur, blurred lines. Maybe that's not the, the best way to phrase it, but maybe it is. Who knows? Well, he learns uh, like more about like who she is, right? Like when he sees her at the bridge and he's like, mm-hmm. he can't like quite process the fact that she sat at first um, because that's just not how he sees her. Yeah, he sees her um, as like this always happy-go-lucky person who likes to drink or whatever, and and is is always just happy, you know, a resonating a good mood. And uh, yeah, no, that's different. Uh, it, it it's not how she is. You know, she's a human that has emotional issues and frustrations or uh, things in her life that make her upset, and and that gets explored a lot. I think, uh, which I, I liked her, which is why I liked her the most, and or that and that specific arc I thought was was the most interesting because it it did it sh- it showed the three like we talked about earlier the three the three choices he could have made and the reflection she has he has to make with each of those choices. So I, that's why I liked about it the most. For me, I loved episode five, which was the softball team disguised as a market <laughs> multi-level marketing like firm. I thought it was like genius that these like this company is preying on these broke college students to sell whatever like some form of honey to people yeah, had like health all, food or whatever. Yeah, this health food that to these broke college students because like it has all these like fantastic nutritional benefits, and that you would anything like I don't know. You eat this, you're like amazing. And then he's like, okay, well, if I sell a thousand of them, I'll be like the top seller. I'll get to go to this camp. I'll get to see the girl again and all this stuff. And then he just realizes, like, no, this whole thing is a scam. Like, it's just like, yeah, that's what multi level marketing is. It was really yeah, he fun. basically just joined a cult. That's not a scam. Yeah, it was, <laughs> oh, no, it was a, it wasn't a cult. It was, it was definitely more multi level marketing than a cult, but like, they're very similar. Very, very similar. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. You could definitely say, I would say multi leveling, multi level marketing firms are cults, but cult. Ah, well, actually, now that I think about it, that would be a whole other discussion for another time. But I just really, I thought that episode was super funny. I'm always super fascinated by like cults and stuff like that, the psychology behind it. And I just loved how they pride on these broke college students and everything. And just the whole episode was just a, just an absolute blast because it was pretty unique compared to the rest of the story. I felt like that like was its own thing compared to like, I don't know how to describe it unless you've seen it, but like how the other episodes like intertwined with the main story, that one seemed like it did it the least to me. And it was just like a really fun episode that I just thoroughly enjoyed. So I think it like very much ties in to the main story because like one, he's doing all of that stuff in order to get a girl. Um, two, he isn't tuned enough into his own life to realize that that is that girl that he's after is his best friend's girlfriend. Um, and then three, we get like perspective of like why you like learn because like all of the crazy stuff Ozu does in all of it sort of starts to make sense once you learn more about what's happening, because like the outside world that happens around our main character stays relatively static in every um, iteration, right? Like all of these things are happening and we're only seeing from his perspective, but like, as Johnny pointed out with like the proxy war, um, we see that happening and like Ozu like steals that blimp like every time or whatever, you know, like that's just what happens. Um, and I thought that that was interesting because it showed him like putting an effort in order to get something, but it was like, he was like kinding, kind of like trying to cheat. It wasn't like 
the actual effort he needed to do. Yeah, so it was I thought like, it was like it was like polar opposite to like episode four because like you see him like work he like busts his ass at part-time jobs for two and a half years to buy a bike. And then the next episode he's just like, fuck it, I'm gonna scam people for money now. So it's like the opposite of like doing yeah. the right thing for like maybe the wrong reason and then doing the wrong thing for the right reason. Yes. Depending on how you look at it. But like I just I love the dynamic. Well, I see, was- I thought the bike thing was a great version of him missing the point because instead of just practicing bike riding and like spending his time trying to get better and more in shape and stuff at like riding a bike, which he ends up doing after he quits that club anyway. um, He spends all of his time doing these super hard jobs to like buy a bike, like a really advanced bike, which is like, so missing the point in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, and then, so, and then when he wasn't supposed to train, because he was needed, he needed his like flimsy, miles-like body, uh, with no muscle, uh, to fly. <laughs> yeah, the not like a plane. peat body, a mile. Yeah, body. not like a yeah. peat body. Um, he he then like trains super hard and stuff. Um, and he ends up like I liked at the end of that episode because like I think he was super close in that, and then he ended up just sort of like cashing it in at the end out of frustration. Um, because his, you know, hard work wasn't like immediately rewarded. I don't know, Pat. You were going to say something? No, no, I wasn't. I was, okay. I was stretching. I'm sorry. I thought that was uh, that. I thought you summed it up pretty well. Uh, but yeah. So I don't know. I think uh, has everyone said their best arc? Johnny, did you get to speak yet on on that? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say my favorite arcs also six, seven, and eight because it's just like it's fucking like. The fucking Kaori scene is just fucking hilarious. Yeah. So just like thinking about the implication of that happening in real life. Like, can you imagine just on your way to college, you see someone running with a sex doll in your arms? I went to school in Spokane, so I, I for sure can imagine that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I saw some weird that. things in college. Yeah, <laughs> like like you would never forget that in your life. Like I that is like that is going to be burned in your memory. That's uh, pretty great. That is a good point, though. That's that's a great that's a great way to bring some perspective into it. Because wow, that throws me back to some college memories of things I've seen on the streets of Boston and Cambridge and. Uh, Good, good lord uh how did i survive good times <laughs> sex and great times sex in public hell yeah yeah um, um <laughs> worse worse i've seen in public a lot worse uh nice. but yeah that's besides the point but yeah the, the, is there anything else that we want to specifically talk about um before we get into like best girl or best boy uh and uh, then uh, our closing thoughts a thing that i wanted to point out about episode eight um, and I, I know I've been talking a lot. So if you guys out there listening normally don't like my opinions, I'm sorry for this episode because um, I have lots. Um, <laughs> well, this is a miles show for sure. Yeah, so it, yeah it's true. Um, so um, Akashi is the, I guess, his pen pal. Um, it was like originally a prank that they were pulling on their friend, um, but she just like sort of keeps it up. One, because she like has a crush on him. Um, and, you know, she, I think she enjoyed talking to him. Um, but she wanted to come clean. So a thing that happens is like, she's very aware that he's been embellishing himself. And she says that she's also been embellishing herself, but I don't think we have literally any indication that that's true. So like, for example, they talk about a book that the book that she talked about liking, that was what connected them um, 
was a young adult book, which in like reality is the successor. The, Dude, like, that scene was so great. <laughs> um, is the sequel to Tatami Galaxy, but we know that she like likes childish things like that, and all of the things that we learn about like this mystery girl we know fit Akashi, like in her personality. And I just thought that was like a super interesting conversation they had because I I think that was like even her kind of like running from it a bit because we know that she likes him. There's like hints of that like throughout like most of the arcs. You see that she's like the only person who laughs at um, his movies. Like she sort of like gets him. They're you know good for each other. Um, and so I I just like thought that was like a very interesting thing like because we know she likes childish things because she likes that like superhero show or whatever um and i also like really oh god i loved that too like where he's doing the costumed heroes in episode seven and that's the one where he picks kaori um but he like saves her akashi from like these guys um, that were like, you know, trying to like hit on her or whatever. He like comes down in his like little bear costume. Um, and he's getting like pushed around, but like a mob of children like scream swiper no swiping at them basically. Yep, yep. And it's like, you know, like they tell him to change their ways and like that gets like fixed and stuff. And so like oh, I thought that was super cool. Um can I, can I say something about that? Uh, yeah. like the foreshadowing is because like she has four of them on her key ring and she's missing the fifth. The fifth oh, one is he's, the, he's, he's the, the fifth because he, he's, he's missing one. the white one and he he yes. plays the white one in the the stage show, so like he yeah. is the missing fifth thing for her. For her, yeah, it's um, it's wonderful. There's just so many things like that, um, where it's just like really like things make sense in retrospect. They come together. You realize that it's just been like screaming at you what was going to happen the entire time. Um, you know, uh, perspective switches or whatnot, and you, like, learn about what's happening. Um, I just think it's absolutely fantastic. I'm surprised no one liked uh, Episode 9. I really liked Episode 9, which is the one where he becomes, like, the mob boss kind of guy. Which is, like, uh, him, like, just, like, I guess, um, like, what happens if I just, you know, delve into... Uh, materialism sort of thing and like that's the one that sort of like ends i guess negatively like in reality where oh, yeah he loses yeah yeah, yeah exactly and that's sort of what the what then sends him spiraling to like review everything in the way he does um how everything gets tied together in 10 like when you see him coming through the room and seeing himself and that was something you saw earlier or um because in one of the episodes he like has like a dream or a nightmare or something where he like sees himself like coming through a wall um but that actually happens like that's him doing that um you know like when the bag of money gets dropped off um just like how all of that gets connected his realization um of like why ozu's been doing what he's been doing and like how he's actually like good friends with him and maybe he shouldn't be such a douchebag uh, to his friend who's like generally looking out for him. Um, and he like figures out what he needs to do and then helps his friends figure out what they need to do and like sends them on the right path and helps them like 
make the connections and stuff. I just thought it was like a really satisfying ending. Um, and I, I very much agree with the like, there's nothing more boring than like a happy love story thing at the end. Like I always thought that's something I wanted, but then I watched Wodakoi and I was like, <laughs> oh, I actually don't want this at all. Um, you so want I'm the glad- chase. <laughs> yeah. You, you, like, you want the process, not the yeah. end. Um, and so I was really glad that that could be summed up for me so succinctly so shortly after we watched Wodakoi. Um, yeah, clearly. I mean, that was the last actual anime we watched, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Two weeks ago was a fever dream. Holy shit. Yeah. You remember, we you were all remember? stuck in a four and a half to Tommy fucking yeah, room. It was bad. Oh, man. Oh, sorry for any fans of that show. That didn't we get a lot of listeners on that episode? <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> oh, we didn't. All right, that makes me feel better then. And there we go. Fuck that show. Yeah, we did get someone who listened to like twenty seconds of it and was talking about how excited they were that we did it though. And honestly, I very like, much uh, apologize to you because uh, sorry, it is absolutely fine to like that show, uh, but I don't. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, if we want to like Nothing. wrap it up and do all that we can now i i can't think of anything else that i i want to talk about if no one else has anything they want to talk about um uh, i guess the, just the, well like the art is what i was going to talk about and then um but again we kind of mentioned it already i think in our intros and i'm sure we'll talk about it ourselves too in our little like uh end sequence as well or whatever you want to call it like our our final thoughts so uh i guess we can just get on to, to best girl and best boy, yes. well, best boy as well so uh this could be some contested uh choices maybe it sounds like pete thinks it is at least so uh pete why don't you start us off then what's your uh you already know who your best girl is let's let's hear it best girl obviously the mvp of the show she stole every scene that she was in actions speak louder than words kaori is best girl oh Oh, incredible performance by her Name one action kaori did uh she sat (laughs) <laughs> she, she, didn't, she didn't sit chad sat him sat her down yeah she got okay carried. what is the process of sitting down then i guess she sat yeah she's yeah, she sitting yeah she, having, having intent and doing it yourself of, under your own volition maybe yeah i don't know you, you know what you know what's really underrated these days with all the social media all the clout chasing the text without the phone calls type of thing she is a great listener she was there for she was there for Watashi. She was there for Chad. She listened to every word they said. She, even when there was a lover's quarrel, she respected both men. And she, you know what? She she picked the right one. She definitely belongs with Chad. So Kaori is absolutely my best girl. Best boy is Ozu. I loved him. Every scene that he was in, for like the exact opposite reasons of Kaori. I love that. I don't know. He was just he was just so much fun. He was just a bundle of joy. From like his actions to like his voice acting was incredible too. Um, I love that he looks like a turnip for a human. <laughs> I don't know. That dude was just that dude was wilding out. Um, genuinely a good guy. Oh, great um, dude. He did I so many is, things. Like, like he, he gives the main character cake like every single time. Yeah, like, and he like, gives us so much advice. And like the way that our main character hears it is like this negative thing. But when you take the saying and face value, which is probably what we should do, it's just yep. like him being actually supportive of his friend. Yes. Um, you know, and like joking around, like we're stuck together. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even like mean. It's just like a friend being like, 
we yeah. get into antics together. That's what we do. Like you're st- like our fates are intertwined. Yes. And um, uh, just a special shout out to Johnny who looks like Woody from Toy Story. I liked him. I wish we got to talk about like that him. more. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. All right, so uh, Johnny, our uh, little uh, sex drive cowboy, whatever. Uh, what do you think about uh, best boy or best girl in the show? All right, so uh, so. I'm guessing whoever I say is best boy, you guys are automatically just going to assume it's going to be Johnny, huh? <laughs> it should be. I mean, my best boy last nope. week was Patrick, so... I mean, <laughs> nah, fair enough. I show had zero options. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, my my best boy is actually going to be Chad, just because I, I found the fact that like his actions are fucking absurd. But he, he was my second himself, favorite. He, he takes himself so seriously. It's like, he's taking care of, like... Kaori, and he's like spraying perfume in like the main character's apartment or whatever, or like air freshener or whatever because he thinks it stinks. And it's just like the way he acts is just fucking hilarious. And now he takes everything seriously. Yeah, he's great. And my best girl is my best girl is gonna be Hanako because as well, I, I thought she was the most interesting out of the female characters. She Wait, probably who? Ryuko. Ryoko? Her last name, okay, her first name, her first name is Hanuki. Yeah, okay. Hanuki Ryoko. So you her two names. It's okay. Yeah, um, I heard Hanako. I'm like, I don't think that's a character. <laughs> no, it's Hanuki okay, well, Ryoko. It's I'm, it's I'm, fine. I'm, it I'm happens. Speak, I don't speak the Japanese. Speak the Japanese. Yeah. You also don't speak uh, the English. The either, English. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that, oh, is that, is, that a, is that a little racist joke here? No, I'm joking. No, it's nope. your, <laughs> Remember to add his Twitter. What are we talking about again? Uh, the, 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 Your best girl. I'll just make sure I get traded. The girl from Kill la Kill. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, she, she, she had the. Yeah, she had like the most. She probably had the most dialogue out of all the female characters. And yeah, yeah. I just thought her interaction with the main character was pretty nice. Cool. There you go. All right, Miles. What have you got for best boy and best girl? Uh, so I think I'm gonna give best boy to Watashi, not because I he's my favorite character, but because us seeing his perspective allowed all the other characters to be as grand as they were. Mm-hmm. Like because everything we see is tented through his lens, and I very much enjoyed that little sub game of like interpreting things through his view. Um. I just like enjoyed that so much. I thought that was fun. Because um, he's us. He's me. He's, yeah, he's he's, he's me. He's I. Right? That's yeah, exactly, exactly what I am. Uh, and to round out my basicness, uh, I'm going to pick Akashi as my best girl. Um, one, I just love her character design. I think it's fantastic. Two, I love her attitude. It's like super, I don't know, kind of deadpan. Um, like, she's like sort of serious, but she also has like a childish side about her. She likes, you know, like, children's shows and stuff which you know as like a 29 year old man who's on an anime podcast i also like children's shows um <laughs> you Yo, know call so, the police yeah <laughs> um so you know that was um just i, I thought a lot of fun like I, I liked their dynamic i thought they were good i liked how she hated moths i thought the animation whenever a moth landed on her was hilarious so uh, great <laughs> So, yeah, I, th- those are my favorite characters. But honestly, I kind of love every character in this show. I just, like, thought they were really cool. And they're all, like, very human. They all take, like, 
like the character development in the show is just so well done. So um, good. And um, including Kaori. Including yes, Kaori's. She probably had the most character development. Yeah, she she was torn between two loves, and the you one want who a character her up. And we have a character her. who is mute and she talks. That's character development, baby. Let's go. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. She does have better character the power of development than Bakugo, though. Um, as does everything. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so those those are my favorite characters. But I, I just want to say, like, I love every character of the show. There you go. That's fair, fair enough. Yeah, they are all very enjoyable. They they all serve their purpose very well, and they. And none of them are like irredeemably bad or poorly written either, which is why I like uh, I liked the characters in the show a lot too. Um, all right, so my best girl, uh, like I said a little earlier, is uh, Hanuki Ryoko or Ryoko Hanuki, whatever the proper way of saying that is. I just found uh, her personality the most fun, and I thought she looked the the least weird out of all the character designs. Which again, that's not like a a roast that's more just like me personally not liking the art style as much as as other people um and then for best boy i like uh i like the wise man Setaro. i thought he was just he was a fun character I, again they're they're all such fun characters but yeah. he really does the good job of like when you're a freshman and there's that senior who's like a fifth year senior who smokes like a ton of weed and yeah. you just like think he's the smartest dude in the world and he's just like saying shit, and you're like, "Wow, that's, that's like so provocative." Bro. Yeah, you know like, what I mean. Yeah. It takes two years to read twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Like, it's just fantastic. But he, but he has like his own desires and stuff too, right? Like, he's planning a trip he wants to take, and oh, yeah, God, I mean, all the characters, just they're, just, all, real they're all real fleshed out people, and we watch ourselves realize that. <laughs> throughout the course of the show it's just really cool yeah this go this show is so cool again I, I i wish i liked the art more uh i think that they, that helped me back the most but yeah so now we are ready to, to discuss our final uh thoughts and give our scores for this show to tommy galaxy so uh miles would you like to start us off as always as, yeah i will as so we go um gotta delete our two out of tens and our four out of tens from last <laughs> week from my scorebook so imagine you, giving that show a four out of ten uh, couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. <laughs> yeah, couldn't, couldn't be, me. be you. Couldn't be either of you yeah, guys. I was being nice. Um, that's okay. I'm about to give the show too high of a rating. Um, so, uh, as I was watching the show, um, I I was like, like I think this is probably going to be like an eight or a nine. Watching it, yada yada yada. Um, and I do this with every show. If you've watched many of our episodes, if you if I like a show, what I will do during the course of the episode is talk myself into giving it a point higher. Yeah. And that is what I have done. So I'm going to give the nice. show a 10 out of 10. Nice. I, I, I just, I love it. And I think the way that I look at these shows and stuff is that like, the way that I'll like swing something on my initial reaction is if I think about it more, do I like it more or do I like it less? Or does it stay the same? Like when I really start looking into it and like thinking about, you know, like, okay, this part that I thought might have been boring. It, when I go back and, like, look at that again, if I had been paying more attention, would is it better now knowing what I know? Um, mm. And I think, like, pretty much everything in this show ends up serving a purpose, um, ends up telling us something about a character or the main plot or anything. Like, there's no 
vanity in this show. It is all purposeful. And like uh, an issue that a lot of this sort of like avant-garde shows fall into sometimes, like Monogatari, for example, which I, I very much enjoyed Monogatari, um, is that a lot of it is like style over substance. Um where, you know, Monogatari has tons of things that are just like packed with symbolism and stuff, and then it right. also has things that aren't at all. Um, they just like look cool or whatever. And like, you know, I, I think that there's no need for that. And I think that um, you know, that's not necessarily a downside, but like with how important every single scene in this is. I just can't say it's anything other than a masterpiece, really. Like, it's just so good. Like, I think if I watched the show, like, fully through again, I would notice a hundred different things um, about it, you know, knowing now what I know. And I think that is what I personally value in my media. Um, so. mm -hmm. That's completely fair. Uh, I didn't expect you to give the show any less than a nine, so you giving <laughs> yeah. it a ten is, yeah, is completely uh, right. completely fair. Um, <laughs> that's fun. All right, uh, what have you got for us, uh, Pete? If you want to go next, sure. Uh, kind of also like Miles. Uh, sometimes I talk myself above or below what I actually thought, and now that we talked about it, there's some things that I sort of missed in the show or like I had my own thoughts about it. And then now that we're talking about it, it's all like kind of hitting me at once. I'm like, wow, this show is actually like super genius. There's just like another scene that I forgot to mention. That was like one of my favorite scenes. That I just want to talk about at the Don't end worry. when it's like all said and done, how he talks about how he can't live in this 4.5 to Tommy room anymore. That he has to do better for himself and all this stuff. So what does he do? He gets a six to Tommy room. I was like, <laughs> Yes. Way to update yourself, man. And his own bathroom. So just a little yeah, he, like that. Yeah, he made sure it had another bathroom, so if he ever gets stuck in, like, a logic loop again, that he can at least use the bathroom yes. without peeing in a pan. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was really good. Uh, this show, I think it's really... It is a great show to talk about. I felt like if I watched this by myself, I think I probably would have given, like, a 7 or an 8. I still... There's a lot of things I loved about it. There was... I got laughed. There was times where, like, I felt sad because, like, it related to something in my life, like, especially from college. And there was times where, like, I had, like, pause, go back, rewind. I took two pictures and sent them to the, the group. I'm like, yo, is this a Monogatari reference? Hey, this is, like, a, uh, a Night is Short Walk-On Girl reference. It's really funny. And I like things like that in my show. Things that, like, reference either other things or things to come. Man, the show is just, like, a bundle of fun. I had a really good time with it. I don't think it's a masterpiece, but I think it's really close. Uh, not really anything bad to say other than at some points I wasn't having a, the most enjoyment of it. And the only thing, this will be a little weird comparison, but like this and Perfect Blue and the conversation that we had, I loved the conversation we had with Perfect Blue. Uh, it became like my favorite anime movie of all time after we talked about it. This show was great. I love talking about it. There's just, there's something missing that I can't really like put my finger on it that would not the make murder. it a 10. Yeah, the murder. There wasn't enough murder <laughs> in this show. Um, so, yeah, I'm giving it a 9. I loved it. Uh, it was a great show. I would... I Yeah, it was a great show. I'm giving it a 9. Fair enough. All right, Johnny, what have you got? All right, so I, I mostly agree with the things that Miles and Pete are saying. Like, this show is... 
I feel like this show is really fun to talk about, like, how you interpret things differently. Because, like, going into this, I had a different interpretation. And then I realized, like, everyone else thought of things, like, differently. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't think of it that way. It was, like, just really interesting. Like, for me, the art style, it didn't really hit that hard. But, like, it also wasn't, like, that much of an issue for me. It's just, like, I didn't feel like it was better than, like, normal anime, if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, so, the thing is, like, I agree that, like, I agree with all that stuff, but the problem with the problem for this show with for me is that it doesn't have much staying power with me. It's like it's not a show that I'm going to think about in the future. It's like after watching this, I was just like, okay, yeah, that, that that was a pretty good show, yeah. And it's like I I don't really like have too much desire to rewatch it or go back to like revisit certain scenes. And for me, that's what like for me that's what separates like from like a really good anime. That's something that like I truly enjoy is whether if I can think about it like long after I've finished watching it and if I can go back to it. So because of those reasons, I'm giving it an eight. And it's like it's a it's a really good show. It's just I just can't like think of myself as like, oh, like looking back at this a few years later, like thinking, yeah, like this show is great. Alright, no, that I think that makes sense. Uh damn, you guys stole my uh thunder. I thought I was gonna come in and say like the part I enjoyed most about this show. Which is still true, I guess. Uh, was the after finishing watching it was reading about other people's opinions on it and trying to put put things together and, and piece it together. Jokes on I, you! That was all three of our favorite parts. I know that's what that's sort of no- I know. I thought I was going to be the only one with that. Um, I just have a funny excerpt from a mal review to read because it's uh, the other two that are like present or three that are presented at the top of this thing's page are tens out of tens, and then there's our favorite contrarian on mal who I will not out him, but I have seen this goddamn guy under every goddamn show, and almost always he has the opposite take. You know, he gave Weathering with You a one, he gave uh tower of god a four like he he has these contrarian views it's so fucking weird but then there are some times where he doesn't like he gave demon slayer a nine i don't know i don't understand this man he seems like he sounds like a boomer too with the way he speaks but let me just read some excerpts from this review that are really really funny he gave this show a four reading it right now <laughs> yeah the story of this series is identical to endless eight from suzumiya harui season two only this time is apparently meaningful and deep and provokes some thoughts in people all I see is, yeah, another teenage drama aired for people who are lost in life, executed in style over substance manner. He uses that a lot, style over substance. He says that every review. Manner, so people who wouldn't like it could just be told that they didn't get it. When it comes to this being like SAO, instead of focusing sorry, on an what? overpowered, yeah, instead of being focused on an overpowered Gary Stu Isekai Jesus, who gets all the bitches and is best at everything he does, the Tommy Fe- Galaxy focuses on a man who is practicing escapism in a time loop and dwelling on self-pity. The main difference is the comfort which has exchange- has changed him from it's all good now to pretty much everyone else uh, fucked it up too. Same shit stick, same level of escapism, other end. So I'm not going to read more, but if you want to read more, please do. You can find it very quickly. This is like super impressive. Can I go off on this for a second? Yeah, Um, yeah. go ahead. Everyone understands this show. A great thing about this show is that even if like you maybe miss some details or you, you know, like Johnny interpreted something, the, the message behind this show is that you need to accept your life, own it, and be happy being who you are, like you know, enjoy what you have, stop and smell the roses. It's just fucking dead poet society, right? Like, it's just a very simple 
simple message. The concept yeah. that it's like, oh, it's style over substance, so people could say you did it. It isn't fucking end of Evangelion, you jackass. It is really simple to figure out. If yeah. you think Teach that these people doubles. didn't figure it out, I'm sorry. That's impressive because six-year-olds could figure it out. Also, the Endless Eight is a dope concept. Fucking fight me. I fucking um, hated it. Damn, son, whatever. where'd you find this? God, well, this is just the Endless Eight, but more interesting. The Endless Eight on paper sounds great. Watching it was awful. In fear, I, I was in fucking pain. Dude, it was it. awful. It was so fucking bad. I gave the show a four because of that. <laughs> What'd you have the movie, though? I had the movie, Nate. <laughs> okay. The, the movie right. makes it worth it. <laughs> so apparently, that's all I've ever heard about that series. So, yeah. yeah but, anyway, so back to my. It. Sorry. My scoring of this show, I just thought that that review made me laugh because, again, knowing who this person is and seeing that he's the only one that's not a 10 out of 10 on the top reviews that were found like helpful or whatever, uh, that's I just thought that was funny. Um, and the SAO comparison, which, again, his comparison is that it's like SAO – Except the only main difference is this, and it's just like I don't see where the comparison. The, the main difference that there's any escapism involved. You yeah, see, I guess that's because, the similarity. Because right? any yeah. any of the similarity involves, mind you, Sao's escapism is like from a viewer and not a major theme of the show. Right. Um, but no, it's the same. Th- what a dumb point. Oh my god! What an yeah. idiot! No, this this guy. Yeah, please. I mean, co- I, I, come on the I, podcast I, to talk about it if you know who we're talking about. Yeah, if, like, this you, guy's like do. way more famous than us because all of his fucking mal reviews just get like tons of tens of people to vote it up. Yeah, that like or, hundreds of people know. or whatever. And like, I'm sure that these are like perfectly curated, um, like troll pieces. But honestly, you got me on the hook, buddy. I'm mad. <laughs> so. I, they have to be a troll, right? Like, I've, yeah. if you read through his, all of his reviews, some of them are just like, it, it has to be a troll. Like, there's no way. You, you never know with the internet. Yeah. You never know. You never know, but he gives really bad What are you giving it, Pat, by the way? Yeah, that's so yeah, to get back, back to me. Yeah, back to me. Again, I thought that the show was uh, more fun to talk about than to actually watch. Uh I think it was a very, very good show. Uh, art style didn't sit with me, but that didn't ruin it. didn't ruin it for me. It wasn't like uh, I just sat there and hated it. I, I just, it didn't make me want to look at it, if that makes sense, I guess. I, like, I wasn't like that fascinated by it. Like, I, like, maybe I was hoping I would because there are other shows that have done like different art styles that I've found very, very cool or good. Like Paprika is a good example where I guess it is still more traditional anime style, but like the visuals are so different that it feels different. And I, that's what I liked about that art style and paprika. Um, but uh, overall, again, I, I, it's similar to Bak- Bakmodogatari where I think I'm going to give it, uh, I am giving it an eight where I think it was good, but it wasn't. Um, and I can understand why it's so critically acclaimed, but it just wasn't the perfect show for me. So that's why I'm not giving it a, like a nine or a 10 uh, because enjoyment is just as important as critical thought when it comes to scoring a show for me. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I'm giving it an A out of 10, which between the four of us that averages out to an 8.75 that puts it right up there with one of our top shows, uh, you know, top two, maybe three shows. I think it comes in done. four, third, third, fourth. So it's wow, right behind now. Violet. Right behind Violet. Good. That's where it belongs. Um, I mean, uh, it's definitely like, you know, 
style over substance. They're both style over substance, according to our favorite Mao reviewer. God, I want to read um, what his Violet Evergarden review. Well, I'm sure he loves one. it because he has trash taste. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good one. Okay. There we buddy. go. There we go. All right. So, yeah, that was that wraps up our discussion on the Mal review boards. Uh, we are going to move on to our next show of uh, or what we nominated, what we voted on for our April Fool's Day episode that's coming up on April 5th. Uh, uh, that'll be our next Watch Club episode, and we decided it's closest to April Fool's Day, so we all nominated comedies. Uh, so yeah, let's. Uh, Miles, uh, you have the tallies for that. It's also our day after Easter episode, so you know we gotta keep that in mind while we're preparing and and uh, watching yes. our show. Well, how does uh, what show is it, and how does it relate to Easter? Please tell us. Yes. So in third place, we have uh, the Devil is a part timer. Okay. Um, in second place, we have Yamada-kun and the Seven Witches, I believe. Damn. Second place, second place again. No, you, if you just, like, wouldn't switch your show every seven times, like, or every other time, you'd probably have won something by now. Um, I, just second place forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Feels then in bad. first place, uh, rising three days after our finishing of a Science Saru show is Keep Your Hands Off of Aizoken. Yay! Um, which is another show by the same director yes. so um well there we go so we were we went from being a satoshi Kon <laughs> podcast to, to, to a science a, star one to a science um, star podcast yeah. yeah i saw pat's reaction to realizing that he voted a show by this director so highly and his immediate regret for that decision um <laughs> i i i like the like, art style like, of Isaac keep, you, keep your hands off of isaac and seems like hardly as avant-garde maybe it yeah. will be it's um, really fun. It's a really isn't, fun isn't it a show literally based on art? Yeah, it's based on people making an anime. Making an anime, yeah. It's really oh, fun. That's super fun. It's the super art style fun. is seems more fun to me than the one it's that we have. Uh, it's pretty similar. Fuck. Okay. Well, it's great. It's incredible. One of my best animations. It's, it, okay, it's anime more saturated world. though. I will say, like, if you like bright colors and stuff, which I you do, there, you like violet and paprika. There's one um, scene in that show I cannot wait to talk about because it's it's one of my favorite animated pieces ever made, and it was on accident. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's great. All right, but yeah, so now. Uh, with only the four of us, we're going to have limited voting options next week for ourselves, at least. But for all the viewers at home who want to vote and participate, join our Discord. Sick plug, Pat. Thank you, Pat. Uh, you know, I mean, I was getting vote. around to it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, I know. It's just I, I like to pat myself on the back. Nice. Uh, 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 where's the wow? It doesn't deserve well, it. Well, you got um, miles to go to catch up. <laughs> okay. Uh, is it time? Is it time to, time to go to sleep? It's time to go to sleep. Uh, uh, no Johns. No Johns. Oh, that's a smash joke right there. There we go, baby. All right, we're we're fucking on fire right now. Let's Anyways, go, boys. Uh, it's let's Peter. Let's get a Peter out. Nope. Actually. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. Nope. <laughs> that's we're all for us. We're, we're, right, we're done. We're done. Nope. We're, no more. We're stopped right there. We're done. We're done. It's over. Uh, so. The 19th of April is what the shows we're nominating this for. Uh, that's just some random ass day in April. So we're not going to do any theme this this week. So please, anybody who has nominations, go ahead and say them right now. I'm going to throw Johnny out on the bus because 
you know what, Johnny, you are never ready, but I expect you to be ready. <laughs> I you know, it's it's only sometimes, and I am ready this time. I'm just gonna oh. re- I'm just gonna renominate what I nominated last time. Devil's a part timer. Devil's a part timer. Okay, there you go, Pete. What have you got for us? So I think it's been a while since we've maybe done a movie. I felt like maybe we should do a movie, and of course, since this is what do you say, Satoshi Kon? I said let's do Satoshi Kon. So I'm gonna nominate Millennium Actress. Okay, that's his final film, I believe. Ooh maybe it was 2002 so it's probably close no it's not then it was i, I don't think it was because it wasn't or it was paprika's final film i don't know it's but i it's, believe paprika, paprika was, like was the final film right um paprika was 06 we can oh, figure that out um, another time millennium <laughs> actress inevitably wins this vote yeah. <laughs> apparently yes um all right miles what you got yeah for sure uh you might going first because even though I tally the votes and was super aware that I won, um, I forgot to take that into account. So <laughs> I'm browsing. There you go. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, <laughs> I'm not the one that's. Yeah, not even though I have mind. literally no excuse, as I have all of the time in the world to prepare. Um, Miles, nominate well, prison well, school. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to upgrade <laughs> prison school to another score or oh wait no it didn't get it got last play, or fourth yeah, place yeah yeah i yeah, know yeah. i'm so stopped nominating that show you guys don't want art i get it i i voted for it i voted for it first i think actually i did Smart i'm man. looking back i knew at pat our, was the smartest person on this podcast for a reason oh thank you yeah well of course that's why you have me it's for my intelligence and my vote absolutely um, and that and that hair keep patting oh yeah well that's gonna be gone soon unfortunately no. it, it, it it'll come back it'll grow back don't Baby, worry come oh. back Anyways, I'm gonna go with one of my shows. God, I need to pick something that I need to renominate, and because I'm sick of getting second place, I would just like to watch something different or something of mine. So let's go with that old ass show that I keep recommending. That's gotten a bunch of legacy points by now. Now and then, here and there, something or other, whatever the fuck the title is, it is a classic isekai slash old show that apparently inspired isekais. It's, it's on that Reddit compiled list of top 100 anime ever produced by multiple different lists being compiled together. So like, you know, there's gotta be something good about it, right? <laughs> there's gotta be something good about it. And it can't be that hard to watch. God forbid. Yeah. It was it. one spot above blood blockade battlefront. Actually. No, I said it. Um, yeah. No, totally <laughs> uh, are you serious? No. no, God, no. no. Okay. I was going to no. say no. No, no, that show was top 100. I was gonna go off myself. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's like 42nd or something. It was, it was up there though. It was, uh, and apparently it deserves to be. So we're gonna find out. Uh, hopefully, some sometime, someday I'll win again. Uh, it's been a while since uh, Tadakun. Uh, and and yeah, so here we here we are. Our most popular episode. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> you know, maybe we should listen to me more. Like we said, the smartest guy in the podcast, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, if we have all of our nominations, except for Miles, Miles, what if you yes. got? So I am going to uh, help you out, my friend, uh, and I'm oh. going to nominate Yuri on Ice, uh, thereby <laughs> doubling the chances that a show, a, I a show that you want to watch <laughs> wins. And I can uh-huh. vote for this one. There we go. You can, yes. Nice. Um, and I would love to rewatch Yuri on Ice because the show is very, very good. Um, it is very so, good. There we are. 
So that's our four. All right. So I think that wraps us up for this week. Uh, so yeah, next meeting will be on the fifth, and we'll be watching Keep Your Hands Off of fifth of April, and we'll be watching uh, Keep Your Hands Off Isokin. So that should be a good time. Uh, Pete, why don't you take it away? All right. Well, if you made it this far, thank you. We got we got content coming off the Yazoo for you next week. We got part one of the seasonal review because I'm an idiot and I scheduled this and then I realized by the time we were doing the review, the sh- not all the shows are going to be done. So I'm going to have to do two episodes for that. Uh, also on Tuesday, special episode or Wednesday. We'll see me and Pat are reviewing the violent Evergarden movie boy. I cannot Let's wait. Let's go. I can't wait. baby. My first movie. I can't wait either. My first uh, movie in theaters and over a in I like, can't even watch it, so fuck both of you. Yeah, yeah like, well f- this is the first movie I'll see in theaters in like fourteen months, I think. Same here. Same here. So since since I, I went saw the last Violet Evergarden movie. Like that's yeah. crazy. That was the last movie I saw before fucking theater shut down, and now here we are. It's I can't crazy. wait. It's the night it's the night at the eve of my birthday. We'll be record who knows, depending on how late we are, we might get into my birthday as well on the 31st who knows should be a good time yeah if you yeah that's uh if you want to help celebrate pat's birthday you can venmo him at peter that's me just venmo me money (laughs) i'll make sure pat gets it don't worry about it yeah i'll for for sure relay it uh other than that if you are interested in joining our discord you want to talk anime we're talking march madness right now you want to talk about anime titties who knows join our discord it's a whole bunch of fun uh, we also have like socials. Uh, it's all gonna be in the link tree in the description below. Come on, join or follow us on Twitter, whatever. Um, if you're listening to us on non YouTube, we have visual content on YouTube. So check us out at What Do You Say Annie, or I guess it's What Do You Say Anime on YouTube. So check us out. Other than that, we will see you in a week for part one of our seasonal review. Thanks, guys. <laughs>